welcome to another message presented by the ministry of Christian Faith Fellowship. We are fulfilling the call of God on this ministry to preach the Word of God without compromise, raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that we have to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. This, this uh, message is more, if you know me, I like to use anecdotes, stories, a lot of humor. Um, it's just kind of my way of doing it. And what, what I have uh, seen as we travel is I see that there's a lot of people that, are, that know how to argue scriptures. They know how to fight. They know how to try to be right. And, uh, and there's what I call a lot of truthers. And last time I was here, we, we talked a bit about that. But what I, I, I just want you to know, I'm not here to argue with you tonight, this morning. I'm not here to, to try to change your, your, the way that you perceive a certain scripture. What I would like to do is I'd like just to expand your thinking today. And I would just like to challenge you. As I am an evangelist, I come from, I'm the office of an evangelist. And so I kind of want to challenge you in that office. And I want to challenge you that if we're going to build this church that we're building, that we are building, not if we are building this building, that there's a reason for that place. It's not a, that place is not, so it's not, so that it's pretty. That's not what it's for. It's a storehouse. It's a feeding trough. It's a place where people come and get healed and delivered, set free, changed. And in order to do that, people have to become aware that of its existence. And part of that is you and I are called to be shining that light and be inviting people to come to church. This is a preparation time to where we're preparing ourselves to move into that place. Right? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just challenge this a little bit, and some of this stuff is, is sometimes a little difficult to hear, and I'm, I'm even a little bit nervous, but I'm thanking the Father that He's given me this word. You know, 400 years, there was 400 years between the last time scripturally that we heard from the Father to when Jesus is baptized and comes up out of the water. And, the, and you hear the voice of God say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. There was seemingly, I don't know that God didn't speak in that 400 years, but scripturally, we from, Mal, from the end of Malachi to John, there's about 400 years of time there. And Malachi was a prophet. And, what, and as a prophet, what he was proclaiming was the coming king. And the new covenant that was at hand was coming our way. And part of that is there's this moment where he's speaking, but God is speaking through him as a prophet. And he says, you call me father, but where's my honor? This is, this is a hard hit. You call me father, but I feel no honor. I'm not seeing the honor of your life where you call me father. And then there's this, this seemingly like he pulls back. I know God doesn't pull back. I'm just saying scripturally, theologically almost, you can see him like become silent. 
And then all of a sudden you see Jesus comes and he wraps himself up in dirt. And he comes and he leaves his position and comes and and enters into this world as a man, fully man and fully God. I think sometimes we realize and we say things like, well, Jesus is God and so all the things that he did, of course he could do that because he's God. But we have to remember that he's also fully man and he's there to show us how to live our life. Nothing that he did can we not do. We, these are all things that he's literally teaching us as he's living. His life is a living testimony to show us how to live. This is good news. This is good news. And when Jesus comes up out of the water, the voice of God says, this is my son. And then on top of that, the Holy Spirit comes like, not a dove, it comes like a dove. And before this time, the Holy Spirit had descended, then ascended back, descended, ascended back. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes like a dove and enters him and remains. Remains. And now... When Jesus is ascending back to the Father, he leaves us, what? That same gift, the Holy Spirit. And he says these words. I go to my Father, and these things that I've done, and much greater you can do. We were listening to a message the other day, and and one of the things that hit me so hard is from Catherine Coleman. And she said, you know, it's always bothered me, this, this whole idea of and much more what is much more I mean he did everything he fed 5,000 families which is probably more like 15,000 people or more with two you know come on y'all right two fish and and some some bread loaves and I mean he healed people he raised people from the dead how much more could you do than raise people from the dead? I mean, that would be an end game for me. If I ever got to see a dead man, I'd be, okay, I'm done. <laughs> right? What's much more? What could be much more? And what hit me is what much more is the thing that he could not do. He could not live a life that's redeemed. He could not live a life that was once a sinner, got born again, and now was living in the fullness of Christ, redeemed. Just let that sink in, that you are so special that when you entered this world, you needed Jesus. You needed to be saved. Some of you got kids, and you're just like, man, these kids are just insane and wild and crazy. And and, and you're just like, God, what am I going to do with these kids? They need to be saved. They need to be redeemed. Christ, Christ came. He was whole and complete. He was God. He was fully man and fully God. And the one thing that he could not do, he never sinned. So he couldn't be you. He couldn't carry a message. He could literally could not carry a message of what it meant to be dead and then come alive again in Christ. 
And then to carry that message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to the whole world. He couldn't do it. So when he says, these things I've done, raising the dead, feeding the thousands, to uh, healing the blind eyes, to seeing the sick uh, restored, all those things, and, and you get to be the light of the world that you're redeemed from the curse of the law. And you get to be children of the Most High God. Man, come on, that's good news. That right there is good news. And lest we forget, lest we forget that that's our calling. That's our calling. What we've done though, this is where it, gets, it turns a little bit difficult. What somehow we've done, and I want to be careful to say this because I believe in the favor of God. I believe in the peace of God. I believe in all those things. But I believe what we as Christians have done is we've lost track of how special the gift of God in us and living through us is, and we've turned it into all about me. It's what I get. It's what I get. Let's talk about that. All the things that I get. I get, to, I get favor and blessings and peace and joy. And all that's true, but I get Him. Come on. And for why? There's a reason. Come on. How about this? Well, this is hard. I'm, I'm, I get to go to heaven. I mean, yeah, but that's not what I'm here for. That's a given. That was, that's a done deal. That's almost, I don't want to belittle that. I'm thankful that, that we get to someday go be in, in, the, in, in the heavenly realms or whatever. You can get lost in all that kind of, there's all kinds of weird doctrines out there. I can get lost in all that. But here's what I can tell you. I'm here. I'm here for such a time as this. God put his breath in this dirt and put me on this earth to live. And I'm not trying to get out of here. I'm not trying to escape this place. God hasn't called me to be there. He's called me to be here for such a time as this. And then he put his spirit in me to live through me so that I can be redeemed and show the world and tell the world and be a light that so shines. I'm not, there's an escape mentality of most Christians. Oh, that we could just get off of this. This place is not my home. It's not, I agree. But I just can't wait to get out of here. I just, we used to do rapture practice. You ever do that? Y'all ever do that? You know what rapture practice is? You did it too? We, I think it was like youth camp. We'd be like, okay, everybody do rapture practice. Come on, man. You know what? How about we practice living? Jesus said, not, not one time do you hear Jesus really talk about that, this getting out of here, escape mentality. What you really, that, that would almost become foreign to the disciples. If you were talking about, I'm just punching my ticket so that I can someday get out of this wretched place and go be with Jesus. You have Jesus now. Now. You know why heaven is so great? Because that's where the Father is. That's where the Father is. And you, you can have him now. Like, can I say, even shake, go a little bit deeper? You're eternal now. 
Now, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you became eternal. And you're living in your eternalness immediately. Your, your life eternal started already. <laughs> Come on. We're living in it. So why are we sharing it? We're not sharing it because we turned it into selfishness. And we turned it into what all the things I can get and all the blessings and favor. And all those things are good. And all those things are wonderful. But it really isn't about me. This life isn't about me. It's Christ in me and the hope of glory. Come on, let's go to, let, let's look at this. First, uh, it's Colossians 1, 26 through 29. Colossians 1, 26 through 29. I love how Paul writes this. It's just so beautiful. And if you ever really want to read it in, in just a more of a picture it's, you can read it out of the Message Bible. It's beautiful. But Colossians 1, 26 through 29 says this. The mystery which has been, say has been, has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now... Come on, say now. Now has been revealed to his saints. Hey, that's y'all. Come on, that's me. Somebody say, that's me. To them, God willed to make known, make known what are the riches of the glory of, the mis of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man, what? Perfect, Perfect in Christ Jesus. Perfect. You are the righteousness of Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are that. Now, what happens is we allow this world and we allow, uh, so we, we turn it into a selfishness. And I know that this body is probably, I'm, not, I'm probably speaking to people that have already been taught against this. But, but as, as a, can we just agree that as a body of Christ worldwide, what we have seen is we used to see, we used to be called the church and the unchurched. Now the greatest growing faction of people are called de-churched. You know why they're de-churched? Because they were taught a gospel that was for what they can get out of it. And they were seeking his hand and not his heart. And then when life circumstances turned on them and their, their things got hard and got tough, what happened is that system failed them. Jesus never failed them. God never failed them. God's never changed. What happened is their understanding, their wrong understanding of who they are in Christ. What Gail and I were talking about is most people live a, a fragmented life. Or uh, what we do is we put, what do we talk about? What's the word that we put over here? 
double-minded is a good word, but what, what, huh? We compartmentalize. That's the word. We compartmentalize God. And so what we do is we come on Sundays and we have him on this compartment over here. And we come over here on Sundays and sometimes Wednesdays if we feel like it, if it's worth the trip, you know, uh, we do our little God thing and we check that off on our box and we might tune into a Christian radio station once or twice during the week and maybe once or twice you do a Hail Mary or a, some type of a Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Check, 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 checked it off. I got it. Maybe you might quote a scripture. Maybe you might get on Facebook and get mad at somebody because they, you know, they put something wrong. You see what? It's just a compartment over here. But but most of the time, once you put him over here, we're living over here. And we just, we did our part, and now we got to go live our life. And our life is our job, and our life is about what we can attain in this world, and our life is about, uh, you know, all the circumstances and the situations and the storms that come and the hard things and making my wife happy, making my kids better, making my, and, and my whole life is, a, is this churning, turning thing, and then every once in a while, I go back and I kind of get a reset. Come on. This is compartmentalized religion. It's religion, and this will fail you. And what happens is, you become bitter because it didn't work. And you become angry. And you, you somehow blame the Father. How, how is that? How do we take man's misteachings and somehow blame God? This is why it's so important, the, the church that you're in. I'm, let, let me just say this to you. I'm just crazy enough. I want you just to really process this. I'm crazy enough to truly believe that Christ is in me. Come on, but you, you'd be shocked. People really don't really walk in that. They have an idea. You'll notice when people pray, they kind of pray upwards. And I'm not against that. I pray upwards too. I've ways, I worship him. I'm, he's, I, I get that. I'm not trying to say, but it's, it's, it's also a sign of their understanding that they think that, that God, we got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And people, this third God, if, as one, come on, y'all with me on this? They are, he's disrespected. You hear things like, Holy Spirit, come. Holy, I hope the Holy Spirit shows up in this place today. When you showed up, he showed up. You have the Holy Spirit. He's in you and on. But let me just kind of help. Sometimes what people, when you're born again, we believe, I believe that you get the Holy Spirit. But I don't always know that the Holy Spirit got you. So what I like to say is I take that, that when they went to the upper room, before they went to the upper room, Jesus walked into a room and gave them, breathed onto them the Holy Spirit. So you got the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus says, go to the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit to what? Come upon you. I like to, I break that word down. Up and on. I need the Holy Spirit not just to be hidden in here. I want him to come up and on me. 
And, and Paul was very clear that he said, here's the, here's the key to living, is that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. That old man died, and now it's Christ, it's the, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that is now living in me. He's speaking, he's leading, he's teaching me, he's bringing me to all truth, he's renewing my mind, he's renewing my heart, and I'm walking into the fullness of Christ because I'm shutting down the old man. And that's not who I am. That's not my identity anymore. My identity is in Christ. That's my identity. This stuff I know you all have heard. But this is, this is what people need to hear. Because when you say you're a Christian, they compartmentalize you. Because they think, oh, you're, you're religious. No, no, no. I'm crazy enough to believe that when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, and in my Father's house are many mansions. Can we just be real about it? Did you know? Oh, I hope this doesn't offend you, but I, Jesus is not up in heaven as a carpenter building your houses. Oh, he must be building me a mansion because I've been really good. I've been really good. But pastor, he's been better than me, so he's getting a pool room added. And Jesus up there just so, oh, he did another good thing? Okay, we'll put another roof on this thing. That, you know how ridiculous that is? That's man's understanding. It's ridiculous. When Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and in my Father's house are many mansions, you're the Father's house. The word is actually, are many mansions, is the word is, the Greek word there is monet. What he's literally doing is he's created space in you to move inside of you. In my Father's house are, may, are rooms that the Father, that the Holy Spirit is filling up. Now I'm not taking a place, don't, don't get me wrong, we still believe in heaven. Because there's some wackos out there that don't believe there's a heaven. Can you believe that? Are y'all with me? Come on. <laughs> We're seeking his hand, and, that, and that's what people see, is we're just seeking his hand and not, not his heart. The best way that I can explain this, and I'm going to make this brief because we're already going long, but I just tried to make this as brief as possible. I had this horse, <laughs> and anybody that knows me knows I'm the, the most intelligent horse person around. <laughs> if you want to know how to learn how to... How to be broke in horse business. Come ask me what to do. I'll tell you. But in, in my broken in humility of learning, thinking that I knew everything there was to know about horses, I moved to Montana and I bought me a 70 acre ranch up there and I, I started to buy these horses and, and uh, I bought this one horse that was, had a champion bloodline and, and I was so excited to get her home and I was like, oh, she's, she's, uh, she, she's going to be the beginning of my million-dollar horse business. Y'all don't laugh because it, it was the funniest. I mean, it, looking back, it's the dumbest thing I ever said on my mouth. And I got this horse home. Come on, walk with me on this a little bit. I got this horse home, and I put her in my round pen. And I guess I just thought that she was going to be what I knew that she was. I knew the bloodline that she had, and I knew the plans that I had for her. Come on. 
So I, I, I was so excited because she's special. She's powerful. But I did not realize. You know, if you go to Best Buy, Pastor, and you buy a new, a new computer, you get home, you plug it in, it's a computer. You know what I'm saying? It works, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> that, that's not the same thing. I got this horse home and I put her in my round pen. And unbeknownst to me, the thing that shocked me the most is that I knew who she was. I knew the bloodline. I knew all. Nobody told her. Come on, you want to be a pastor? You ever want to be a minister? This is the kind of thing you got to. This was the wake up call of my life. I thought she would just be a champion. I thought she would just walk in that. I thought she would just automatically know her identity. No, she just run around in circles. And I'm talking about for days and days. I'm standing in the middle of the arena. And I see, looking back, I know I've went I watched some YouTube videos since then. And I've seen that I'm just I just ignorant. But 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 I just thought she just would be. I just thought I'm standing there watching her, like, oh, be a champion. <laughs> right? And she's run around in circles. And not only run around in circles, she was intentional. Like her, she was mean. She was mean. And what she would do is she'd put her head out of the stall in my round pit and she'd put her rear end to me the whole time. Now I'm standing in the middle. And she, you understand how intentional this is right here? I'm like, oh, you're just going to run around in circles and show me your rear end? And I started getting hot, boy. I mean, it's been a few days, and I'm, I don't know what to do. And I'm kind of getting angry, and I'm, I screamed out to her, and I said, Don't you know who you are? Don't you know? Come on. Don't you know who you are? Don't you know that you're the very breath of God? You're the righteousness of Christ? Your sons and daughters, don't you know the plans that he has for you? And they're not to just seek his hand. It's for that you to walk in the fullness and the freedom that is Christ in you, living through you, the hope of glory. Yes. Don't you know? Yes. Nope. <laughs> That's How would you know? Except you had a pastor that would teach you. You're just going to run around circles and show your rear end. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. So then I stood there for a while and I got madder and madder and I screamed. I'll never forget this. Because when I bought her, I, I, I paid a little bit more, a lot more money than I should have. Because I thought she was going to be like, you, you, are y'all following me here? I just, so I'm sitting there and I'm standing and I got so mad at her. I'm like, don't you know the price that was paid for you? And that's when it hit me. The Holy Spirit was just like, I mean, just the power of the Holy Spirit at that moment. Don't you know the price that was paid for you? Don't you know that, that I know the plans that I have for you? And I started thinking, I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do with this horse. Just run around circles showing me its rear end. And I felt like just in my own heart, I felt like the Lord said, what did I do with you when you were running in circles showing me your rear end? Yesterday. You know? You know what, I, I, you know, I started just weeping in the middle of this round pen. And I was like, Lord, you know what you did for me? You waited on me. You gave me time so that somebody could train me and teach me and love me. That you never quit on me. You never gave up on me. 
And at certain, I started worshiping in the middle of this arena. And all of a sudden, I, I lost track of what I was doing. I just was, I was so grateful for who he is to me in my life. And I'll, at, at the, sort of at the end of this worship, I noticed that the horse stopped running. And I looked up, kind of opened my eyes, and that horse was standing like sideways, but she had an ear to me. Well, come on, let me just say, it starts with an ear, right. an ear to hear. And, and that was my key. I'm like, oh, she's tuned in. I got her hooked, right? And all of a sudden, that horse just whirled around and looked at me, and it was like she was saying, what do you want? <laughs> and I thought, in my, I'm like, I'm so glad you asked. Because life doesn't even begin. Listen to me. Life hasn't even begun to happen. To you haven't even begun to live until you come to the place in your life where you stop living for yourself and you tune in, face up to the Father, and ask Him, Why am I here? Why am I on this earth? Why did you pick me? Why did you choose me? What do you want? That's where life happens. That's where life begins. And the training actually can start. So what I noticed about this horse is I noticed that she started to give in to my, you know, tactics, my pressure and release. I had all these really cool books that I read on this, you know, and, and I'd, I'd pressure release her. Do y'all know what that is? Okay, so what you do, you know, I don't get into it all, but bottom line is whatever I asked her to do, she would give in and she would do it. And I'm thinking, man, look at this. I am a horse trainer extraordinaire. And then I'd, I'd, I'd show her off, you know, people come to the house and I'd be watching this and I'd whistle for her and she'd come running and I'd give her the apple or I'd give her the treat. I'm like, look at this. This horse is broken, man. That's, I, that's a broke horse. That horse ain't just green broke. That horse is finished, man. I, in the cowboy world, I learned it's called being straight up in the bit. I could, I could do anything with this horse. I put little kids on her, all in my house, in my surroundings, in my circumstances. I, I had her all fixed. And I realized, I'm like, I, I was proud about it. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes you, <laughs> Lord, I, don't, I, I hope that y'all can connect to pieces here. Because sometimes what happens is we, we get to a place where we think we got it all figured out. And that we've stopped growing and we've got it all done. But then all of a sudden, circumstances change. And so what happened is I thought I had her so good. That she was so in straight up in the bit. Cowboy. I put her in a parade. Bad choice. <laughs> that was the worst mistake of my life. I didn't know this. I'm walking, <laughs> she's, she's prancing down the street. I'm all dressed, I bought her new head stalls, new, new bed, I mean, she was beautiful and we're walking down the horse and I'm like waving at people, full of pride, full of self. I'm like, look at my horse, I'm the horse guru. <laughs> Check out my horse. About that time, the clowns came. Do y'all know what clowns are in a parade? They're the devil. They are the devil. I'm sorry if there's any clowns in here, anybody watching, but stay away from my horse, you clowns. 
And all of a sudden, I'm going down the street, and these clouds are coming, and they got them little cars, and they're, bing, 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 and they're driving all around, and all through my horse, and my horse is going, <laughs> you know, and it's just like getting worse and worse, and they're beeping their horns, and throwing candy, kids are running down the street, and I'm like, hey, wait, hold on, hey, hold, don't do that, oh, hey, and my horse is going, trying to like, and all of a sudden, my horse said, I've had enough, my circumstance has changed beyond our relationship. <laughs> And my horse stood straight up in the middle of the street and bucked me off on the middle of the boulevard and knocked all the air out of my body. As I'm laying there in the street and that horse took off like a bullet, ran over 13 kids, ran over people, pushed old grandpas out of the way. I thought he killed half a dozen people. I didn't know. And I'm like, I couldn't even bring like, just screaming. Somebody help me with my horse. Pretty soon all I was thinking is, shoot the horse! Shoot her! I hate that horse! Stupid horse, living for herself. I thought we were like this, man. I thought we had a bond. I thought we was one, brother. I thought you were straight up in the vent, you lying, you counterfeit horse. (laughs) Stupid clowns. Here's my heart. In this life, we have clowns. <laughs> Please be careful of the clowns. Come on. We have clowns. And the clowns are coming. And they, they make it all kinds of noise. And in that moment, you're going to find out who you really are. And he's going to find out who you really are. And we're going to find out if you're living a true, straight up in the bit relationship where he has his, you have his heart and he has yours. And whether you're, he's living in you and through you or if you're being counterfeit. What I realized is that horse was after what I could give her. That horse was after my treats. That horse was after the apples. That horse was after my love, my affection for her. That horse was after the way that I fed her and wormed her and treated her and, and kissed her on the nose. And uh, that was, I, the horse is even after the fact that I would leave her alone. I realized after, <laughs> I can't breathe right now. I realized after that she was just, we just had a superficial relationship. I didn't really have her heart. She was doing whatever it took for me to leave her alone. She, I just realized that, okay, so really what you want to do is you want to get out of this round pen. I thought this was a good place. I thought we had something special. And all you really want to do is just get out of here and go do what you want to do. Because you've compartmentalized your life. And you know there's a part of the day that you have to come fake it with Johnny. <clears throat> you got to put on your face. And you got to know when to say amen. And know when to give. And know how much to give. And only that amount. Know when to... Huh? Huh? Did you really just say? She said, know when to hold them. And when to fold them. See, here's the deal. Now, I'm going to close with this story. 
There's this moment where the clowns come, circumstances get hard, and we find out that there's a little bit of counterfeit going on. And my heart for you today is that we, we, clear the, we, we clear the deck and we just get back to a place where we submit, not in just our works, but we submit our heart to the Father. There's this moment where Jesus is done preaching for the evening and he's tired and he gets in the boat with his disciples and he says to them, Let's go to the other side. And then he crawls up in the bow of the boat and he goes to sleep. Come on, watch this. I know you've heard the story, but I want you to catch this from a different perspective today. And then a storm comes. The clowns. Come on. The storm comes and the storm is so severe that these guys in the boat are professional Fishermen, there may not be better people that have been more used to this, used, you know what I'm saying, used to it, and know how to overcome it, know how to beat it, know how to, come on. And it's so bad that they start completely freaking out. And they, you can see it in their own strength, they try to overcome it and beat it and, and go around it and row faster and do all the things that we know how to do as men and women and we, we're going to beat it by our own technology and our own strength and our own power. And finally, they come to the end of themselves. And instead of waking up, or it, there's, this, there's this crazy moment that I think is a representative of our normal prayer life. They realize they got Jesus in the boat. So they wake him up. But they don't wake him up in faith. They wake him up and they say these words to him. Are you just going to sleep? How, how can you just lay there when I'm dying out here? Come on, have you ever made a, had a prayer like that? How are you just going to... Do you not see me? Do you not... Can you not see that I'm struggling, that I'm dying out here, that I'm... My marriage is in shambles. My life is in shambles. My money's being funny. My... Think of all... My work is just ridiculous. The... I, are you just going to just be silent? Are you just going to sleep while I die? And they wake him up. Jesus stands up and the first thing he says to the storm, this easy, peace, be still. But what's interesting is the next thing he does is he turns to them and he rebukes them. He says, oh, you have little faith. And for my whole life, my whole life, I understood that. And this would be something that pastor can clarify after I'm gone and he can fix anything I'm about to say that's stupid. But my whole life, I thought that that was him saying that you have the same authority to speak to the storm. And that we know that we do now. But that was before they had the Holy Spirit. So they really didn't have the same faith and the same power that Jesus had at that point. So why would he rebuke the disciples for their faith? The Lord showed me something so beautiful and so strong that I want to leave you with today. That the heart of the Father, the heart of Jesus, when he stood up and he quieted that storm and then rebuked them for having little faith was 
when he got in the boat, he told them, declared to them, we're going to the other side. Guess where the other side is not? The bottom. It's a word that is declared, and it's what pastor talked about. It's trust. Do you trust him? Here's the deal. He already knew there was a storm coming. I could just see him like, I'm just going to take a nap and see how they handle this. See how you handle the storm, how you handle the clowns that come. He's over there snoring away, and this storm comes, and they just fold, come undone. I, I really have come to a place that I believe that really the best thing they could have done at that moment was to get up and lay next to Jesus. I trust you. I trust your word. I see the storm. I see the clowns. But you're at rest, so I'm at rest. It's, a, it's an understanding of that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And whatever clowns come your way, he's already told you the end from the beginning that you have already, you're going to the other side. It's already a done deal. You're in a covenant whereby the other side has already been given to you. It's you believing it and trusting him. And that is called a relationship that's not just seeking his hand, seeking his favor, his blessings, his gift, trying to get a new Cadillac or a new truck and going out and name it, claim it, spit it, get it, blab it, grab it. That's, that's not what this is about. This is about believing what he said and trusting what he said and understanding that he is my father and he's living in me and through me and that my life is different because it's no longer me that lives. It's no longer I that live. Johnny is a dead man. I'm a brand new creation. I'm his and wholly his. And no matter the clowns, and they will come with all their honking and all their noise and all their ridiculous, I will never buck him off. And why is this important? Because the whole world is watching you. When you tell somebody you're a believer... They're watching to see if you really are or if you're just another one of those superficial Christians that when the clowns come, you buck him off and run for the hills. You want to know why churches are just having a struggle to get people back after COVID is because most people don't have that level of relationship with him and they bucked him off and they ran for the hills. And you and me have something so valuable in us called truth. And it's his truth that Christ is in you. He's literally in you. And that he wants to live through you. Because that's the hope of the entire world to see his glory. Amen? Yeah, amen. I just want to just take a minute here. I know that the kids have got to be freed up and all that, but I just feel so strongly that we should just take a minute before I just shut my Bible, change our channel,
that we just think about this perspective. That we come back to a center place this morning. That we come back into the round pen. And we, we're not seeking what he can do for us. We've received what he already did for us. And we can live our life with him through us. And that maybe we've been allowing the clowns to wreck us a little bit. Maybe we've turned our life into being affected by the storms and the wind and the, and the problems of this world that come and go. And the, the clowns, they're, they're, they're effective. And maybe what we need to do this morning is just come back to a place of submission used to be when we would say submit, it was about submitting for salvation, but I believe it's a process to, of submitting, day to day submitting my life into his hand and taking my focus off of what I see here. I got to stop focusing on what's wrong with me and put my eyes on what's right with him. And so as we just, I sing this last song, I just pray that you come forward and just come to a place of submitting your heart, of submitting your mind, of submitting your life again. And saying, thank you, Father, that I know that those clowns didn't come from you. That I know the plans that you have for me. And they're good plans and plans of hope. Come on. I wrote this song when I was going through a problem, a trial with my marriage. And I, I was just at, at my end. And I didn't know what to do. And I was angry. And I went with these guys to write songs on Tuesday nights. And I got in there and, and I was so mad. I couldn't write songs about Jesus when you're mad. So I started praying. And at first it was a fake prayer. Lord, I just pray that you fix my wife. <laughs> Come on. Lord, help her to get her blind eyes open. Come on, y'all with me? And instead, it turned somewhere along that, it turned into brokenness. And my heart was poured out to my father. And I saw the, the illegitimate thought process that was going on and how it was just me living for me. And that I had inter interpolated that into her life and was trying to get her to do what I wanted her to do. And this tur it turned into this hour-long prayer. And then in the, after the end of that prayer, I felt like the Lord told me, go home and go get right with your wife. So I got up and left those guys there with pens and papers and guitars. And next week I came back on a Tuesday and I thought, oh, I'm so sorry, guys, that I messed y'all up like this. And so I said, I, we can write, let's write a song tonight. And he said, hey, Johnny, last week when you were praying, I'm sitting there crying. And he said, I just decided to write all the words of your prayer down and this is your prayer and he turned it to me and we wrote this song off of this and I just pray that as you hear the song tonight this morning <clears throat> that you might come and just make room for him make room for him to to speak peace to the storm
been here before Right here on my I'm begging you, Father, to come rescue me. Take, take all of my guilt and all of my shame. Jesus, I pray this. In your holy name Oh Father can you see me I'm begging you please I'm right here waiting And I'm down on my I'm here to surrender and give it all to you. I've been here before, right here in this place. I need your direction Father I need your grace Please show me the way Please open the door I'm so tired and weary I just can't go on anymore Oh Father, can you hear me? I'm begging you please I'm right here waiting And I'm down on my for the truth I'm just here to surrender and give it all to you Father I just thank you for these that are standing here today Father we thank you that you've not called us to a counterfeit life that you've counted, you've called us to richness in you, Father, hope in you. Father, can you hear me? Do you hear our cry, Father, that we're here for you, 
We're here to live in the fullness of the life that you've gave and given to us. We believe it. We receive it. We walk in it. Father, I thank you that every heart, every mind that's within my voice today, Father, will come and submit to you in the round pin of life. We turn and face to you, Father. And we say with everything that we have, I'm yours. My heart is yours. My life is yours. My mind is yours. My feet are yours. My hand is yours. I'm fully submitted. Not to just what you can do for me, but my heart. You've already done it for me. I'm so thankful and so grateful. I'm so thankful and so grateful that I turn and I live for you. Only you. You have my whole attention. You have my whole heart, my whole mind, my whole life is yours. Father, help us in this room to be the fully submitted warriors, children of God. Father, we rebuke the winds. We rebuke the storms. We rebuke the lying clowns that come our way. Father, we take our focus off of all our circumstances of what's wrong in our lives and how the clowns may come. We choose to keep our head lifted up and focused on you and you alone. You're our hope. You're our peace. You're our righteousness. And you're the glory of this world. And I thank you that you shine through me and my brothers and my sisters. In Jesus' name, amen. just want to ask you to please make it a, a thing to come tonight. There's something that God has put on our hearts tonight, but I don't want to leave this moment just to leave it. I'm so thankful for the place that you have here and the hearts and the, the life that you have here. But how many of us can agree that other people need to be here to hear it? Other people need freedom. They need freedom. I feel like if you understood, and I, before you were ever born, he pulled you out and chose you. You're literally here, not by accident. Even, even to the degree of in your mother's womb. You know the process. That process, you won. Come on. You won. Out of thousands, out of thousands of possibilities, you won. There was a man that was talking about the chromosomes. And all the possibilities of the millions and billions and billions and billions of possibilities of people that could be on this earth. There's only been 150 billion people ever live. And the possibilities of the chromosomes of the people that could be here is billions of times past that. And somehow, the fact that God puts you on this earth to see his glory, to watch a sunset, to watch the sun rise, to see your grandchildren and your children, and to live this life. 
Could we just come to a place where we're so grateful and humbled by that that we turn face up to the Father and just come and ask him, why? Why did you choose me? Why did you pick me out of all of that? Why do I get to be here and experience this? What is my life about? I just release you in that. I release that on you, that discovery of who you are in Christ. Thank you. God bless y'all. Thanks for having me. We pray you were blessed by the message we were able to share with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to find out more about our ministry, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.